0: Uh, welcome to A Podcast. I'm Allison Morrow. This is the podcast that focuses on the Southern Resident Killer Whales, J-Pod, K-Pod, and L-Pod. Today we have, I don't know, Ken, Balcom, who do we call you? The the, the grandfather, the father of all the, the Southern residents, or the man who's dedicated your entire life to studying these whales. And uh, yesterday was on the phone with you uh, as you got the call from your team that J50 was still missing, and you had decided at that point you were going to declare her dead, and what surprised me was just how not shocked you sounded at that point, because for the rest of us watching this whole drama go down over the intervention and everything else, it was so shocking and sad, but for you, it almost sounded like you expected it.
1: Uh, Yeah, I've expected it. In fact, I thought she was probably deceased as of our meeting last Monday, when uh, Noah brought together a team of people to plan out the organizational tree for capturing her and administering drugs and finding out what's wrong. I thought she was already dead.
0: So explain to me when you sort of hear finally that, okay, what you had expected to be true, you now decided is confirmed. How do you feel at that point?
1: Uh, Well, it's a mixture of relief that it's over and uh, uh, sadness that once again we're witnessing a really important little whale in this population just disappear before our eyes and while we do nothing really to address the root cause of her decline.
0: I know that back when we were watching J-35 pushing her dead calf around, and then that's when attention also shifted to J-50 initially, that the idea of going out and darting her with antibiotics and doing what we then subsequently witnessed, you were critical of that. I know that you sort of felt like in some way it was water theatrics of sorts um, and not necessarily dealing with the hard stuff that you feel like should be dealt with. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you feel like the focus needs to be on?
1: Well, yeah, exactly. It's like uh, not seeing the forest for the trees. You know, this little whale was uh, just one of 42 whales that we've had pass away in the past 10 years that uh, is showing that there's a real problem with the food supplies available for these whales. They, They eat largely... Chinook salmon and Chinook salmon are also endangered and on both sides of the US Canada border we're pumping out words and having meetings and conference calls uh, that don't solve the salmon problem. We've we've got to get down to how do we fix this?
0: That's one of the main foci of the governor's task force for the killer whales. How do you feel like that task force is doing so far in regards to that particular issue?
1: Well, the task force is doing what task forces do. They're piling up words and documents and having conference calls, and they're avoiding the main issue of how do we solve this problem. Everybody has their own... uh, recommendation for the governor to fund this or fund that or legislate this or that but um, I've I've pointed out that our major source of Chinook salmon in the eastern North Pacific was in the Snake Columbia River system and we've dammed that system up to the point where now hatcheries trying to make up for lost wild fish and they're losing. The hatcheries are not solving the problem so let's solve the problem by bypassing some of the most noxious dams in the snake for example what that, that's just being avoided
0: why, why do you think uh, in your opinion that that topic tends to be one that draws a considerable amount of debate and in some cases avoidance
1: well I think we've got a situation there where uh, when Like, for example, when I was in high school, these were pork barrel operations. You know, it was known that Congress was appropriating money to build structures and dams in various uh, voter districts to enhance the voting uh, adoration for their local elected officials. So, you know, money was dumped out here and there and everywhere, and they... Promised uh, Lewiston, Idaho, to be a profitable deep-sea port. They promised to have electrification in, you know, all over Western North America from the dams. Hydropower, cheap and energy, um, you know, environmentally friendly. Um, but all these were sales jobs. They they haven't turned out. We're losing money on the dams. The Lewiston, Port—I'm going to go to Port of Lewiston next week, and uh, you know what I can see from the satellite photographs—it's basically an abandoned place. I I want to see what the people think. Have have the the promises been met? I doubt it. But anyway, the salmon are being killed, so that's what I'm trying to solve.
0: I think having covered that issue and talking to the interested parties, it seems mostly uh, that farmers who use that area for shipping are the ones that would be the most affected. And so the question is, okay, can you figure that out with another affordable option? I I do want to ask you, though, when people say the hyper-focus on the dams takes away from other issues like um, predation or fishing or pollution, uh, and that, say, you take down the dams and it takes several years anyway for the smolts to grow to the size that would be acceptable to the southern residents anyway. Are the dams really imminently a solution? Uh,
1: To me, they are, and uh, in the long run, to the whales, they are. But, uh, you know, I've I've been thinking about these problems a lot. They're, They're not unique. Basically, governments have permitted industries to consume and destroy environments for the sake of money, with almost complete disdain for ecology. You know, we've got a food web here. Chief Seattle told us at the be- beginning that all things are connected. We we tear up part of this fabric. In this case. Uh, the main fabric for a keystone species of salmon uh, not allowing them to spawn and that affects everything that depends upon the salmon from the forest to the uh, nutrients in the river supply and to the uh, whales You know, I see them yeah we have lots of problems but it's a triage situation you know if you get in an accident and they take you to a hospital and you're bleeding profusely you're not uh, breathing and your leg is broken you don't want everybody running to put your leg in a cast while you're running out of blood it's triage you treat the most important things first and that's why I want to treat the salmon issue first
0: what do you think about specifically the response to J50 that could potentially change the way that the federal government intervenes with these whales. Do you think continuing down the path of administering antibiotics or dewarmers or even live capturing and treating and returning, what do you think about that? Because it sounds like that this has opened the door for that as a real probable opportunity uh, that the federal government seems like it's going to take uh, in the light of this recent case. And uh, I'm just curious, I know there are a lot of people that signed a petition, folks who really didn't want it. They were curious if it would be so stressful it might kill her itself. What do you think about that? I mean, we know we're going to have another sick whale, right? So is it just a matter of time before we see an even more aggressive intervention?
1: Uh, Yeah, well, what I think about that is it's official keeping the focus on the trees rather than the forest. You know, individual whales are going to come and go for ad infinitum here, and the population is going to continue to decline if we don't feed them. You know, just you could have, uh, uh, if you like cats, and you had 20 cats in the house with you and you'd stop feeding them, you would start losing cats we've got you know 74 whales now in the southern resident killer whale population that comes into the salish sea for food and we're not feeding them pretty soon well they already are not coming in very much and their population is declining they, they can't survive without food
0: Let's talk about that number 74 because to me it was astounding to see the charts that you have where you show the family groups and just how few of those 74 are actually going to be able to reproduce for the future. Explain that if you wouldn't mind. Just how we hear 74 and we think, okay, that doesn't sound great, but it still sounds better than like eight. But actually the number is closer to eight, really. I mean, it's, it's it's a far smaller number that the future of these whales is riding on.
1: Yeah, well, if we could paint a picture with words here, it'd be like looking at, at a human family tree. And you see that, uh, you know, the natural thing would be that the older members of the family would eventually pass on and the younger members would uh, continue to propagate and provide more younger members. If we look at the family tree of Lpod, for example, there's nobody in there that's reproductively capable. There's only about four females that uh, are even having babies in the last decade. And we know that 75% of the con- conceptions are resulting in miscarriage, loss before they even are born. And then we see J-35 pushing around A dead calf that was born, but uh, didn't survive very long. And then we see J-50 that was born four years ago, and she's not surviving. And half of the babies in the baby boom are not alive today. It's just, uh, without reproduction, there is no chance of survival of the population. This is what extinction looks like in slow motion. We don't have... A reproductive capacity of any significance left in this population.
0: For Going back to J-35 real fast, when mm-hmm. um, that started to gain global attention, did you think, okay, maybe this could be a turning point for the whales, or did you think this is emotion that eventually is going to run dry if we don't have any action that follows it? I'm sort of skeptical that even that situation which was so dramatic I mean more than two weeks of pushing her dead calf around uh, did that give you any hope or did you still kinda sit back and say I don't know I I'm still skeptical that we're even gonna really be able to use this opportunity to move forward
1: Uh, I exited that little episode with hope that yeah we now have a broad enough audience that understands We have a population at serious risk. You know, our our government's already put them in the spotlight as, you know, they will go extinct if things don't change. The real issue for me is, will I witness the last reproductive animal in this population in my lifetime? It's coming up. I'm already pretty old, and uh, I might see the end of this, population survival while I'm still around and that that really disappoints me we do have a big audience now this audience needs to know what to do and one of the things is uh, we have to stop allowing industries to consume and destroy environments for the sake of money just we need ecology to keep survival of ourselves even going we have to have a healthy environment.
0: So if you're somebody who is at home watching this go down and you feel really powerless and it also feels like the folks in charge maybe the government uh, isn't moving fast enough. I mean we're looking at the task force and you even have concerns about that being successful. What can we do?
1: Well it's supposed to be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people but it turns out that it's gotten a little bit twisted and it's for the uh, economic interests. And I think that uh, the average person that seeks education, not only in the public schools, but reads widely and keeps abreast of these things, watches websites, you know, for example, com. We tell you about the whales. We're not trying to sell toothpaste or anything. Uh, Just keep informed and vote accordingly. And then in addition, uh, you know, we're consumers. Everybody's buying something. Carefully look at what you're buying, you know. Uh, Now, does a farm salmon help or hinder the survival of the killer whales? Well, you know, study the whole thing very carefully and see... You know, maybe those farm fish are spreading lethal diseases in the wild fish. In fact, they are. In fact, they're also destroying the economy for proper management of the wild fish. What's competing with the wild fish? Uh, You know, if we're trying to have a river system available for them to spawn, but it's uh, considered by some to be a, a valuable Hydropower resource, so you deny the salmon access and you try and mitigate in other ways that aren't working. Um, you know, eventually we get used to this sort of status quo, but we should ask the question uh, you know, how come my power bill keeps going up and the salmon population and the whale population keeps going down? You know, I mean, ask the questions and demand of the administrators and regulators that, hey, this isn't of the people, by the people, for the people. It's just feeding an industry.
0: It's interesting. I recently was interviewing a scientist with the Department of Fish and Wildlife about the news that they had found opioids in mussels, and she told me that they were far less concerned about opioids in mussels than the chemicals that are in our soaps and detergents, which I thought was fascinating. I mean, that's one thing that I think we could all do we go to you know more <laughs> eco-friendly cleaning products or we don't dump stuff down the drain that goes through the storm water or sorry the uh you know don't dump things down the drain that doesn't make it cleaned out when it goes through treatment um there are certainly a lot of things I think we can all do and probably at this point that's what we should be thinking about um because I think if we can't Uh, put ourselves in a position where we're a little bit uncomfortable for some greater purpose, then there's probably not a whole lot of hope for the southern residents or anything else for that matter.
1: Yeah, well, you know, if 10,000 people were to call the governor of this state today and ask him to uh, respectfully review the options here on salmon restoration in the I'd say the Snake River system because that's a million possible fish that are going to feed the whales in a relatively short time sooner than anything from a hatchery would grow up and feed a whale Uh, easier than trying to clean up the Duwamish to restore a run of you know maybe 20,000 fish these whales are going to need a million and not too distant future in order for this population to thrive.
0: I guess my only other question is, as someone who has been intimately acquainted with these whales for far longer than most of us have been paying attention to them, how do you feel now? Like if you, as you said before, you're concerned that you're sure, not sure that you'll see the end of the southern residents in your own lifetime. You've devoted your life to them. How do you come to terms with that? I mean, how do you find peace in the midst of that really um, brutally tragic and just painful reality?
1: Uh, I don't find peace. I, I'm, I consider my efforts a failure in many ways. Uh, we've told the government as of 1995 what the trends are and what needs to be done and you know I was just being a, a respectful citizen soldier in this thing and not uh, uh, arguing with higher ups and authorities about well okay the policies and the you know I'm I'm, I'm just a cog in the wheel um, and I am and we all are but as the wheel turns We have to ensure that it's not consuming what not only the whales need to survive, but bears, eagles, fish, birds, people. You know, we're uh, we're going off the edge of the cliff here. It was predicted by Chief Seattle at the beginning. You know, it's all connected. Take care of these things. They're our brothers and sisters. Even the rivers are our sisters.
0: Is there anything else that you want to add that I did not ask you about?
1: Um, No, but I certainly appreciate your uh, audience with this subject. You know, it's, uh, it's important to everybody. It's vitally important to these whales that we start acting instead of just talking.
0: All right, Ken Balcom, Center for Whale Research. We really appreciate the passion and dedication you've had for these whales for so long and we're with you on hoping for the best and doing whatever we can to to see well, that you get to see a rejuvenated population before uh you I don't know what do we say before you go off swimming into the wild blue ocean of <laughs> wherever we all go in the end <laughs>
1: well I hope that uh, somehow my carcass feeds an ecosystem that feeds the whales <laughs> anyway I thank you for your professionalism and getting the word out